0: Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Rooted. This week we're diving into the red-headed stepchild of the pea family, an oily evergreen with a tropical smell. It's gorse, of course. Full credit for this episode existing goes to Ken Vellante from Something Rather Than Nothing, who sent me this picture from his hike and really kick-started my deep dive. You can see that picture on our Instagram at rooted.pod, and you'll hear more from Ken on this month's bonus episode that comes out on Friday if you're listening to this when it comes out. Now that you know what inspired the episode, let's dive into some basic facts about this wild weed. Gorse, or Ulex europaeus, is an evergreen member of the pea family that can be found growing all over the coastal United States. Native to Western Europe and Northwestern Africa, this notorious weed has spread far and wide and is quite difficult to remove. It really isn't picky and can tolerate pretty much all soil, but is most commonly found in areas with poor soil that can be drier and more prone to fire. It grows in dense patches and secretes an acidic oil into the soil, preventing any other plants from growing near the stuff and choking out any brave enough to try. As if that wasn't rough enough, this plant also has some pretty intense spikes that are coated with that same oil, making your skin sting any time it stabs you. As you may have gathered, people's relationship with this plant is a little bit complicated, but they do have some benefits. One, just like the rest of the pea family, these guys do help the soil as they add a lot of nitrogen back in, and two, they do have some stunning blooms. They're a bright yellow and extremely fragrant, apparently smelling like a coconut and vanilla, which sounds so delightful for a plant that seems dead set on world domination. This plant is obviously extremely invasive, to a point where it's super hard to deal with. The best method we currently have to deal with them is to literally burn them, but that brings its own set of problems. Because the plants contain so much oil, they are actually highly flammable, which is obviously great news if you want to burn them, but the bad news here is that they can actually really accelerate the fire, to a point where it can get a little out of hand. And with the recent uptick in forest fires, it's obviously not great for the ecosystem to basically have giant blobs of combustibles just littering the landscape in dense, easy-to-catch thickets. Not all the fires these guys start are accidental, though. Gorse is also one of the main woods used in the fires of Beltane, which takes place May 1st of every year and is the halfway point between the spring solstice and the start of summer. It's a time of year meant to celebrate fertility, prosperity, and the coming of summer. During Beltane, fires are lit to celebrate the growing power of the sun and the clearing out of the dark days of winter. The bonfires, smoke, and ash are said to have protective powers, so people, and sometimes even livestock, will walk, dance, or even jump over the fires. In Brittany, gorse is actually used as part of the Summer Festival of Luna Saw, which is also called the Festival of the Golden Gorse. Gorse has become a prominent part of these celebrations not just because of the fact that they're flammable but also because they have those stunning yellow blooms that are almost always present. They've grown to symbolize the sun, love, and persistence. Gorse is also the symbol of the Celtic god Lug, the god of sun and summer because of its sunny flowers and vigorous growth. On top of that, it was traditional to put small sprigs of gorse in homes or on clothing to bring strength and good fortune to those wearing it as gorse is such a prolific grower. Interestingly, while it was considered good to harvest and wear gorse for yourself, it was apparently bad luck to give gorse to anyone, as it would bring misfortune to both the giver and the receiver. But gorse was used for so much more than just symbolism and festivities. After the Beltane fires, the ash was often collected to make soap due to its high alkali concentration, If you aren't super familiar with soap making, alkali is what is mixed with fat to create the chemical reaction that makes soap. Most people are familiar with lye being used in this way, but for this one, people were using gorse ash because they had a ton of it after their festivals. Besides just in soap, gorse is also a popular additive in food. It's commonly eaten raw as a salad topper, where it adds a nice floral pop. People will also often make the flowers into a simple syrup or cordial where it adds a light coconut flavor to drinks. Some take it a step further and will even make them into a wine. The wine comes out as a very dry white wine with a distinctly coconut flavor. Apparently, some people will also mix in rose petals, which just sounds like the wine of my dreams. But if you aren't a wine person, people also used to add it into whiskey where it added a light slightly almondy flavor and the fun doesn't stop there gorse has also been used to create yellow dye and was apparently even used as a flea repellent at one point in time due to all those natural oils in addition to helping livestock avoid fleas gorse has also played and continues to play an important part in land reclamation like we talked about earlier Gorse helps to add a lot of nitrogen into the soil and doesn't really care about crummy or tough growing conditions. While it does make it difficult for other plants to grow, in areas where it can be managed, it can make an excellent starter plant that can help improve soil health for plants to come. Plus, in its natural habitat, gorse is vital for pollinators and other wildlife. For starters, gorse is almost always in bloom so it's a vital food source for pollinators, especially in early spring when most other plants just aren't in bloom yet. Additionally, gorse grows quite densely, and its spikes make it difficult to penetrate, which makes it an amazing place for birds who live closer to the ground, like the Dartford warbler, to build their nests so they can avoid being a snack for hungry predators. Today, People still forage for these guys because they're so plentiful, but we haven't really changed much about the ways we use it. Now, we most often look at it as a frustrating weed, but I think it's super important to remember the role that this has played in society and the ways it's still being used in some religions and traditions and by the critters in our communities. If you live in an area where gorse is common, I hope you harvest some of these delightful blooms and take lots of deep breaths while you remember how big of a deal this guy used to be, and maybe be careful in case it tries to stab you. That's all I've got for this episode, but I wanted to take a second to fill you in on what's coming up this week if you're listening when this comes out. Like I mentioned earlier, our guest this month is Ken Vellante of Something Rather Than Nothing, Ken is a lovely host, and human, and he'll be joining me to tell us all about his personal connection to sunflowers, and then learn a bunch of new facts about them. That will be out this Friday. I also had the pleasure of being on Ken's show, so be sure to check that out too if you want to learn a little bit more about how this show came to be, and about our shared love of Swamp Thing. (music) If you liked the show, please consider subscribing and leaving us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at rooted.pod. We're on YouTube at rooted.podcast, and check out our website, rootedpod.com, for transcripts, updates, and so much more. Thanks for being here, and until next time, be kind to yourselves, be kind to the earth. And just like a plant, drink your water.